Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. We would encourage you out there to subscribe and rate. It would really help us, particularly if you're listening on Apple, if you go on there and give a, hey, a five-star rating would be great. And leave some reviews because I read them all and they're helpful. And we appreciate you checking us out and spreading the word. Uh, Another cool guy to sit down with here today. He's the former number two overall pick. Uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, and he is Hunter Green. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are things going? Uh, you know, we'll start with the uh, the tough side. Your season shut down with Tommy John surgery, which is not unusual in today's baseball at all. Um, where are you right now as we record this? Yeah, I'm about uh, 10 months in, um, you know, continuing my rehab. And, you know, obviously I'm here in Arizona getting ready uh, for spring training. Uh, I'll probably begin bullpens at the end of spring training. Uh, I'll be my first bullpen, and we'll see from there. I don't know how many pitches. Um, I don't know what pitches I'll be working on. Um, but as of now, um, I've gotten out to about 120 feet. Uh, tomorrow will be my first day at 135 feet. So each day, each week, I'm kind of progressing with my throwing and getting to further distances. Are you feeling okay, or is there is it a tough hurdle? to? Oh, no, I, I feel great. I mean, it, it was tough in the beginning. You know, there were times where I felt like, not that I had heard it again, but just that, I mean, it wasn't comfortable, you know. But yeah. obviously, you know, meeting with uh, with the doctor, with Dr. Elatrash, and uh, going over, um, you know, how I felt with the rehab coordinators here and Brad and those guys and the rest of the trainers, um, you know, all it is is just inflammation. And that's totally normal. Um, it's to be expected throughout this uh, process. Um, you know, there's a lot of load and there's a lot of demand on the arm, especially coming back. And with the, whether it's lifting weights, rehab exercises, throwing, there's a whole bunch of stuff we do on the daily basis. So, um, you know, it does put some yeah. some pressure on the arm, and it just creates inflammation. You know? When it first happened, um, is it something that you sensed was happening? A lot of guys will sense that it's coming on, and mentally, was it like, oh, man? Because, you know, sometimes a lot of guys come back even stronger. Some guys do not. So it um, what was the reaction? When yeah, it was kind of gradual. Um, I'd been feeling it for about a week. It was just some tightness really in my forearm. It wasn't even in the inside part of my elbow where the mm-hmm. UCL is. It was just forearm tightness. So I thought, you know, it was something I could just power through and uh, I'd be fine, you know, continue to treat it and make sure I paid attention to it and listened to my body. Um, but it started to get a little worse, um, you know, over a week or so. And um it's funny. My, my last pitch was, was pretty hard. Um, it's not like I dropped significant, significantly in velo or control or accuracy. Um, so it, it was weird. I know guys have different experiences with, with their last pitch and mm-hmm. stuff, but, uh, for me, yeah, it was pretty gradual. And, you know, then I had to go check it out. And I knew it wasn't just tightness or soreness. There was something a little bit more to it. So I, um, you know, sat down with the ball club and went and got it checked out. Speaking of velo, 100-mile-plus fastball, 100-mile-per-hour-plus fastball as a high school phenom. Now, when you got to pro ball, it's a little different because you know, all of a sudden you got guys that can turn on mm-hmm. those balls. Was uh, What was the transition like when you first started? Because I know there were some ups and downs as far as numbers go and outings go. Yeah, well, high school, I mean, I could <laughs> – I got away with a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple games where I pretty much threw all fastballs. I didn't really – there were games where I, right. I threw maybe like four or five off-speed pitches and shut out, no problem. 
Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that once I got to the professional to professional baseball yeah. and even college. I know you can't do that, um, you know, because guys are always elevating their game and getting better and getting stronger, um, you know, as well as guys that are older um, right. have more experience. So I knew coming into it is going to be a lot harder is going to be a challenge for sure. And, you know, having guys that I've known and having mentors that have gone through this and are still going through baseball, I was able to, you know, ask them questions and learn from them. Um, but I think the biggest transition for me coming into pro ball from high school was I think that a lot of the hitters, it, it was a very comfortable at bat for them. I've always thrown strikes. I've never been somebody that's wild or doesn't mm-hmm. have control or demand or command of the zone. Um, so I think hitters always knew that the ball was going to be somewhere over the plate. They knew it was going to be in a certain zone. Um, so I think, you know, when I got to Billings, uh, beginning of my year in Dayton, I struggled. Um, and that was because I was throwing a lot of fastballs. Um, I wasn't moving feet, wasn't throwing inside for a strike. I wasn't really commanding the zone. There were strikes. I wasn't throwing a bunch of balls, but it wasn't, um, some of the best, it wasn't as efficient that brush them back and their feet change their eye level. Exactly. They're out of the zone. All that. And, and I also, I, I learned that I'm very effective up in the zone, um, throwing up in the zone, playing my curveball off of that, and like you said, changing eye level. So I yeah. started to, to learn that and uh, creating more of an uncomfortable at bat for the hitters. Um, so that th- there was a lot to learn. Obviously, the workload is different big time compared to high school. Yeah. Um, my senior year, I think I threw like 20 innings. Yeah, they held you back. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then I get into Dayton and I throw 70 or 69 innings, whatever it is, um, somewhere around there, and pretty much triple um, the amount of innings I throw. Yeah. Um, more than triple, but so it, it was really workload and then really commanding the zone and learning to create more of an uncomfortable at bat for the hitters. Yeah, which is a, it, not unlike any high school pitcher that all of a sudden enters pro ball and doesn't go and play college ball. Uh, it's a big learning curve. Uh, if you had time to sit back and even learn even more, I mean, there's so many analytics now, there's so much video now, there's so many coaches at your disposal to talk about the mental side of the game and the mental approach. Do you feel like even during this injury process, you've grown as a person? And oh, 100%. As, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are thinking that, you know, I've taken a year off of baseball, a year and a half off, and yeah, maybe on the physical side, right? you know, maybe not being out there throwing in a game or throwing a bullpen or a live BP, but I haven't taken any time off on the mental side and and preparing myself with pitch philosophy, with learning more about, you know, the rap Soto and the technology that we have now in the analytics. Um, You know, I've, I've tried to, uh, you know, get out and, you know, I've been able to sit on some bullpens and some live VPs with the pro guys, with the big league guys and uh, try to listen and learn and just be a fly on the wall um, and not get in, get in the middle of guys and kind of what they're, yeah. So, and it's been tough, you know, cause rehab, we have different schedules and mm-hmm. you know, our times kind of change. So trying to, to listen to DJ and learn from Caleb as well. I've been able to do that and learn more about the rap Soto. And just so when I get to that point of when I need to throw bullpens and when it's time to do live BPs yeah. and in games, I know exactly what I'm looking at. And it's not like I'm learning it for the first time. Um, so yeah, I've been able to, to learn a lot and, uh, learn a lot about myself as well as a person and, um, what it takes for me to get ready in my routine. Um, it's, it's been a great overall process so far. Do you have any, uh, goals that you've set as far as, uh, you know, the timetable of when you pitch is kind of up to you obviously, but it's also up to the training staff and coaches, the organization, et cetera. But 
once you get back, do you have goals of like, hey, I, I want to get to the big leagues at this time, or I want to have this season, I want to start here? Do you have yeah, any- I mean, it'd be great to get up there soon because, I mean, we brought a lot of great players over, and, you know, we're creating a, a dynasty and an amazing Windows team. Windows opening. Yeah, so, but at the same time, you know, I need to make sure that when I get there, I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know, it's not about how you get or when you get there it's how you get there no doubt so for, for me it's it's making sure that i have innings under my belt um the number one thing is health i mean that's i got to get through the season yeah. this this next coming season i'll probably catch maybe two or three months of the season uh, half of the season or so and um, go from there but i got to hit my innings i got to stay healthy and just continuing to learn each day and and learn about pitch philosophy and um, continue to learn more about the hitters in the league and right. to get com- not comfortable, but um, just uh, to to really understand, you know, what their tendencies are and, and to just pick up little things right. and, and uh, learn from that and um, use it to my benefit. Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you expect your repertoire to be? I mean, obviously fastball, curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, are you working on any other pitches? Yeah, I mean, I've had a fastball, curveball, slider, changeup. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I'm I haven't spun anything. I haven't thrown any off speed pitches. Yeah. It's been all fastballs, four seam, making sure I have true four seam spin. I'm not cutting the ball, and um, you know I haven't been able to work on any off speed pitches. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, What's the know, hardest and, one of, of those for you to throw? Is it the changeup? Um, yeah, probably the changeup. Changeup's always been the toughest pitch for me. Yeah, um, Man, you know you I've had come days up with where changeup though when you're throwing. Yeah, I mean I've throw. had days where it's been nasty, you know, and yeah. then I have days where I really struggle. So trying yeah. to be as consistent consistent as possible with that changeup is is something I continue to work on. But I've changed my my arm action. It's a shorter arm action. So I've been talking to a lot. That was of my arm. next question. You you've changed your mechanics? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've sh- I've shortened up my arm action a little bit. It feels natural. It feels great. Um, to be honest, the first day I did it, I, I, it felt natural. It felt fine. Uh, the accuracy was there. Um, it was great. Um, so I, I've stuck with it. I've stuck with the shorter arm action. Um, obviously, I haven't thrown any flag rounds or bullpens yet, so right. we'll see how that arm feels and looks when I'm actually on, on a mound and throwing downhill. Um, but as of now, I'm, I'm in a good place. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hunter is your middle name, right? Yes, Christian's my Christian <laughs> my first, yeah. Hunter Green, which is yep. a great name, great baseball. Hunter name. Green's baseball name, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hunter <laughs> Green, that's a good baseball name. Yeah, yeah. You know, some guy like you know Jim Day. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's but, a good broadcasting name. Yeah. Well, yeah, people think it's fake. Actually, They're really. Like, wow, what's your real name? Because you know, obviously, it's six letters. You Jim Day. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> perfect. Right. It's James officially, but yeah. it's yeah, it's Jim Day. But Hunter Green. Hunter is actually it's my legal middle name. It's just yeah. Hunter Green's a good baseball name are you named after anyone or no 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 i know hunter is a type of green though i think it's more like a military green olive green (laughs) something like that yeah (laughs) i'm a painter so i yeah i mean i I know my colors a little bit yeah you you are a well-rounded young man i mean when you uh people learned about you early and i want to talk about this you're on the cover of sports illustrated when you're you're in high school um, and they talked about how, you know, well-rounded you are as a young man. So what are the things? You're a painter? Like, how seriously are you into painting? Oh, I, I mean, I love it. I've, I've gone to a couple of the art museums out here in Phoenix since I've moved out to downtown. Um, you know, I've gone to a bunch of museums down in L.A. Um, there's a bunch. Um, so, really, I, I've always loved art since I was a little kid. Yeah. My mom taught me calligraphy when I was, like, 9 or 10 years old. So I've always had great penmanship. And then I think that's when I kind of transitioned over to drawing, 
sketching, painting. Uh, I mostly use acrylic. I actually have like a system. So I go, so I'll sketch with a pencil, create whatever I'm drawing first. Yeah. I'll go over it with Sharpie just to make it pop a little bit more, add some boldness to it. Then I'll uh, color it in or whatever I'm doing with colored pencil, go over that with water color uh, to bring out more of the colors. And then I'll go over that with acrylic with 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 uh, paint so wow. it's yeah it's it's a process so um a lot of my work is pretty colorful and and kind of attracts the eye so um i have a bunch of different layers uh with my artwork but, what do you usually paint what you know it's really it's whatever i'm feeling um i think well for me and i've talked to a couple other artists i think once you start forcing art um it's not your best work and it it's just for me it's it's things that flow and that I feel maybe I'll experience something within today and it comes natural and I'll just, you know, right. go, go down and, and, and paint or, or draw it. So it's just natural. And, you know, people are like, Hey man, draw me a picture or paint me a picture. I'm like, dude, can't, like not yeah. to be mean, but it's like, man, I'm going to paint that picture when I, when I feel like I want, I want to paint like, it. Like the artist some people just don't, yeah. Some people don't understand, which I understand. I, I get it. But that's the best work is when it's, when it's yeah. natural, it's free. It's, it's just sort of like, you know, I've talked to uh, uh, musicians, songwriters, and it's like, you know, I can't just force a song. It just it just right. comes to me. I get inspired by something. Yes, it could exactly. be the littlest of things. Exactly. Um, what are some of your proud paintings, though, that you've painted where you were like, really, oh, man, I've, I've really got a proud. bunch. You know, since I've gone into pro ball, I I was painting and, and drawing kind of in the beginning of rehab just because it was it wasn't hard. You know, I was kind of going through, it, it was short days, you know, I get, get done with the field, get done at the field at like 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, have the rest of the day, but now it's picked up. So I haven't painted in a, in a while. It's, it's been a long time. Um, but in high school, before I got into pro ball, um, I had a lot of, uh, paintings of <laughs> Travis Scott was actually, is actually one of my favorite artists. So, um, I had a lot of paintings with him, a lot of drawings of him. Um, Sunrises, I mean, being in L.A., being in Los yeah. Angeles, the beautiful sunrises here. But actually, I, I like them here more. They have some beautiful sunrises here yeah, and some sunsets. Um, so Particularly what, when they go up, you know, over the mountain. and Yeah. You know, some of the sky color when the, the, oh, it's amazing. When the, the sun just goes yeah. beyond. I mean, the, the sky great. is crazy. Yeah, here. I mean, the, yeah. the more clouds there are, it's, yeah, it's the usually better. a better sunset. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, whatever flows and, and whatever, you know, I feel like drawing or expressing myself in a certain way, I'm, I'm going to do it. So what else besides painting that, uh, your hobby, I mean, you, you have a long list of interests. Yeah. Um, man, what else? Um, I love music. Yeah. Um, I used to play the violin, haven't played in a while. Um, but I've always, I've always loved music. Um, I just got onto to Apple Music and decided to pay the ten dollars a month because I love music so much. I was like, I pony that, I, yeah. I pony that down every month, yeah, man. Before I was like, because oh, it's man, unlimited. Just stick with the ads, yeah. but I was like, nah, I got, I like music too much. Well, even just uh, that downloading music, <laughs> it'll let you like on my phone. I have thousands and thousands yeah. of songs because it'll let you, especially yeah, traveling and you know yeah. having your own playlist and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't make music. I don't. Yeah. I don't sing. I don't. I don't rap. I don't do any of that. But um, you know, I, I, I love music, yeah. and you know, I've been I've been able to be in studios with some people and listen to some music, and it's been pretty cool. So I think those two things. Um, Did you, if you away from them, the field? I mean, yeah. yoga. I do yoga. Um, I've I've been doing yoga since I was 
man, thir- uh, 14 years old. Yeah, really? Freshman in high school. So I've, I've How been often doing do you do it? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. I'm, Tuesday, Thursdays are kind of my days. How long I'm are the sessions? About an hour. Because you can look at my body hour. and realize that I've never done it. <laughs> it's like 50 <laughs> minutes an hour. Something like that. I really? can do hot yoga, though. Can't, hot no yoga hot. is brutal. Oh, my gosh. People, I mean. Regular yoga is brutal for me. Yeah. Well, f- for me, I mean. You know, in yoga, it depends on what class you do. Like yeah. for me, like Shavasana and being able to like meditate, kind of lay out at the end of your practice, yeah. you know, through, throughout the the um, throughout the lesson or the or the session, it's mostly poses, holding poses. Um, but Shavasana is more towards the end where, you know, you have about 10, 15 minutes, depending on how the classes or how the teacher yeah. runs her class or his class. Um you know, you'll be able to meditate and kind of lay out and, right. and, you know, relax for the rest of the class. So I like that and being able to, you know, kind of decompress a little bit from the day um, has always been great. So you do it at the end of the day? Yeah, night classes. Night classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah just kind of settle in right before I go to bed and kind of mellow out the rest of the night. Wow, very nice. Yeah. I, maybe I have to, my old age now, I have to start late. Yeah. <laughs> I need all the help. Never too late. I can get it. I kind of started Pilates, too, and... Really checking that out. Yeah, I kind of started really when when Robin got here. Uh, you know, with the Bigley Club, she's been in the in the weight room, and you know, she has her Pilates. Yeah. I don't know what you call them. It's like a table. Have you seen what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know it's what like you're talking a, about. I couldn't tell you. I, the I name. can't. Yeah, it's like a table <laughs> bed. But uh, I love it. It's I feel I feel really good after yeah. I'm done um, doing Pilates, and I did a little bit of it this off season uh, back home. So those two things I, I really like. What um, your dad, uh, your mom's an educator in Mm -hmm. education, right? Yep. Uh, Your dad uh, famously, I guess not famously, but, you know, you've been around a lot of big name people uh, because what your dad's a a PI, PI, private investigator, investigator. Uh, used to work for Johnny Cochran, now has his own firm, uh, firm, right? Um, So you've had to have come across a lot of famous people in your life. Would you like to name drop? <laughs> um, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my dad. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking for dirt here. I'm just looking for names. No, no, I got you. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's he's. Uh, I mean, he's the best investigator, really, and I like to say in the country, it's my dad. But yeah. uh, he, I mean, he handles everyone. I mean, Justin Bieber, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, all the Kardashians. Um, who else? Basketball players. I mean, a whole bunch of people. So. Uh, I've been able to meet some people, you know, for the most part, he's, it's business. So it's not like, Hey, my son's going to come with me, you know, yeah, today. We're going to tag you know, along not, yeah, and be on an episode right, with the Kardashians. Yeah, exactly. It's it's their business and it's their lives. And, you know, obviously it's not well, to be taken pri- lightly. So private investigator. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. So, um, but I've met some people and, you know, it's, it's been great. It's helped with, you know, meeting guys and, you know, obviously we have amazing baseball players here with the Reds and other players I've met with other teams that have had amazing careers. And, you know, obviously Joey Votto and guys that have had 14 plus years in the big leagues. And it's been easier kind of getting to go up to them and being open. You're not starstruck. Being comfortable. Yeah, because I know a lot of a lot of minor league guys are, are nervous to go up. And I, I totally understand. I get it. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it can it can hurt us in a way because, you know, it might, we might seem standoffish or – um, or not outgoing, or you know, we we can also not get, I guess the just the questions that we have for those guys, and yeah. to learn from you know what they've gone through on and off the field, and what makes them the best players in the game. 
So I, it's been nice. It's been able to, to help me with that process and to be able to talk to guys and, um, you know, kind of get to know them more and to understand their process and what they go through. Yeah, I imagine if you're like, okay, see, I've approached Justin Bieber maybe. Votto's, <laughs> you know, Votto's popular, but I'm not sure he's Justin I was really, Bieber. Actually, I was nervous to go up to, to Joey. I was. That was last year. You're, you're not the only one, pal. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, man. Because, I, I mean, I totally respect – you know, guys that obviously, I mean, he's had an amazing career, um, but to respect when guys are getting their work in and not yeah. going up to him and, you know, that's what's got him so locked far. in. He's got a regimen, man. Yeah. So, so like, I, you know, I, that's the last thing I want to do is be the guy that interrupts somebody while they're getting yeah. their work in or comes off like I don't respect somebody else. So, But you're pleasantly uh, surprised in that he's approachable, right? He's Yeah, he's awesome. He's been really nice, really outgoing, great. You know, I, I really got to talk uh, with him at the uh, – I've known the Baker family for, for a while. Mm. I've, I played with, uh, with Darren when we were younger in NorCal. Um, and Cal, because he's playing for Berkeley, um, they were out here playing against, uh, I think, Bakersfield or something like that. And, you know, obviously Joey knows knows uh, the family well. So he was there at the game, and that was my first time I was actually able to talk to him, and he was awesome. Really nice, yeah. really nice guy. And for him to have that career that he's had and is, is going to continue to have and to be open open with guys and right. to be accepting of, you know, guys in the minor leagues and uh, the upcoming talent and, and future um, was really nice to get that feedback from him and, and to feel, like, valued and yeah. appreciated for the guys that are coming up. So who else has influenced you in, in the organization so far that you would? Amir has been awesome. <laughs> um, tough love with him. <laughs> we mess with each other a lot. You know, I'm sure me. I'm not the I, only I've one. I've received that... some of that tough yeah. love. <laughs> I don't even know if it's love. I've received the toughness <laughs> from Amir. <laughs> yeah, but he's, uh, he's, he's been great. Obviously an amazing competitor. Um, plays with a lot of fire and passion a lot of confidence a lot of confidence yeah i mean you got to have it you know be yeah. humble at the same time but you know you got to have that chip on your shoulder to get through this game yeah. and you know I've, I've learned that and i know it's going to be even harder once i you know get up there and right um for the guys you know around me as well so um he's been great um who else trevor i've you know i've known trevor for a couple of years trevor now. bauer yeah uh, he's been he's been awesome. Now that's an interesting talk. brain to pick right there. Yeah, I mean he's he's extremely intelligent though. You know, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's amazing. Exactly where I'm going. But uh, for him, I mean it's been it's been awesome to see, and it's been fascinating to see how he's, he's able to balance still being able to go out there and perform through 200 plus innings, and um, still have his brain is just wired a certain way where he's able to balance the rap soto, the analytics, and still be able to perform the way he does um it's it's fascinating because i know a lot of guys that the analytics kind of overwhelms them and takes over yeah. and they start thinking about too much about their mechanics and their right. spin rate and all that stuff and for him it seems like he's able to balance it pretty well and he's been doing it for a long time you know he's right. been at driveline he's been on that program and has been a part of that process for a while so i understand how he's able to balance it but it's it's pretty Fun to watch. Well, he's not only into the analytics, the numbers of pitching, but he's in the analytics of his body. Yes, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah, that's that's what I've been able to learn too is how these guys take care of their body and, yeah. and how much focus and intent they put into their body, especially Lorenzen. Um, I was able to see him work a little bit this off season. Oh, he it's came just tired to watch. Us. I get tired watching Lorenzen work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he, but he puts a lot of work in. Obviously, sure and, does. You know, he's his body for how big he is. He, I'm. 
watching him as much as he lifts he does just as much as stretching and i don't know if he does yoga or pilates but he's no, extremely he flexible yeah. and limber, no it's so. unbelievable when you bring yeah. up to him that wow you you know guys will naturally say don't bulk up too much a pitcher needs to be more limber, limber than and big mobile, yeah. he like almost you yeah. can't offend lorenzen very much but you he almost is you know borderline if he's like i work on flexibility and stretching just if, as much it's just as more. much if not more exactly yeah and he's a you know so flexible yeah. and at the same time balked up so. right so yeah he's uh he's another guy that i i watched a little bit this off season and got to talk to him a little bit and you know obviously his nutrition's amazing and yeah. you know i know he takes care of his body but um yeah i mean there's so many levels to not just working out and training yeah. it's there's so many well, that, other things that you have to take care of yourself yeah. and tap into to to make right. it and have a, a, a successful career well that's great you're being a sponge man because some yeah. guys get injured and they just Veg you know, out don't and, yeah. yeah don't use the time properly and right. you uh man that is, that is great because you can only learn by the guys that have been there and done that yes I mean, they're, they're they're the ones that you know you can read as many books as you want but yeah. the guy that's pitching right now doing it right now that's that's where you learn the most right. i mean bauer was he's amazing to me when he first came over in the trade uh he carries this machine that measures his blood and oh, he carries it oh no he carries it with him and oh. it looks like a giant old fax machine so he's huh. getting on the plane <laughs> and we're like well you got a fax machine yeah what are, you, what are we doing it actually measures his blood and wow. he will take does he, he have will, to have he will draw his own blood yeah. and it'll tell him i don't know the science behind it but it, there's numbers and it tells him a reading of where his body is huh. and he figures out when he can pitch the most when he's at his highest level yeah. that's how i mean he takes it clear yeah, down to that the, yeah like i mean real you science. can see i mean he's I, how many innings did he throw this year? He threw like two hundred innings or something, something yeah. crazy. But well, he he would he's a guy that wants to pitch every fourth day. Yeah, I he, mean he, he does not. I he, was here for he's for a four man rotation. Yeah, I was here for, uh, for my rehab. This was a couple months ago, and he came down right after the season. He threw from the left field foul line to right center field fence oh, on a crazy. line, no yeah. crow hop. Came in through a bullpen. I was like, dude, it's just crazy to see how. Yeah how healthy he is to be able to throw that many innings come back here right after the season and throw a 30 pitch. I don't know how many pitches it was in his bullpen, but you know, for me to be able to get to that point, you know, where I can be a horse like that. Oh, know. no doubt about it. All right. Let's look up. Did Trevor you see Bauer here? Uh, innings pitched. He threw, and he would want to throw more. He doesn't, he never <laughs> wants to come out of a game. And like I said, he, he yeah. doesn't want a true competitor yeah. rotation. Through 213 innings. Yeah, I thought it was 210. But last yeah. year, <laughs> combined between, wow, that's yeah. gracious. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 175 the year before, 176, 190, 176, 153, and that's them holding him back. And he's dealt with a you know a few minor things along the way, mm -hmm. but yeah, he's if there's a rubber arm starting pitcher, you usually talk about a rubber arm reliever. If there's a rubber yeah. arm starting pitcher. He's definitely in right. that category. So what's a, uh, I want to backtrack a little bit to the Sports Illustrated article, which I know you've talked a lot about and you're probably sick of talking about it. <laughs> so I'm sorry uh, initially here, but you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You're in high school and written by Lee Jenkins, who's a great writer. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Um, Hunter Green is the, the title is the star baseball needs. Hunter Green is the star baseball needs. Now, one, 
what is it like? I mean, you got that's just instant pressure because you're in the cover of Sports Illustrated. Now everyone expects, okay, this guy's got to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, has it been good and bad with being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, or was it all positive? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, on the good side. It's brought a lot of marketing deals and attention, mm-hmm. which has been great to you know be able to to represent other companies and. Um, you know, just to, to have some cool exposure has been has been cool. Um, but, you know, on, on the, the bad side, the cons, um, you know, it comes with, yeah, you know, you, you have a lot of people that make assumptions about me and about others that have been, you know, high profile coming in, right. coming out of the draft, coming into pro ball. People make assumptions of you before meeting you, before even seeing your face, like shaking your hand. So that that's been very frustrating for me, um, because I like to think that I'm a nice person. I, I like to accept everyone, make everyone feel valued and appreciated. And you know, there's been times where you know guys big league me, guys won't accept me, say hi to me, and I'm not whining or saying that you know oh, no, I don't want people to hey, accept me. It's reality, but it, man. But it's just frustrating when yeah. you know when when you or being a good person and you're, you know, trying to to meet everyone, be accepting and just make people feel welcomed and feel welcomed and, yeah. and you don't get that back. And I'm not the only one that's gone through that. I know that for a fact. Um, but that's been frustrating. You know, people see all this hype and exposure and all this stuff in the media and they build these ideas and these assumptions about you without even meeting you. Right. So and, and that'll be something that I'll deal with for the rest of my life and, and for others as well. Um you know, but that that's just I think that's been the most frustrating part as people have been people have been making their own uh, assumptions about me. So. Right. <laughs> well, part of that headline, uh, Hunter Green is the star baseball needs. And, uh, and that's that's the other thing is like, oh, so they don't like you don't think I, I'm needed in baseball. You know, so you, right. people are like, I should be that guy. I should be that person. Yeah. So you get that that feedback from people. And, yeah. you know, you walk into a room and you boom, you don't feel welcomed right away because the whole room has created an idea about you, yeah. about who you are as a person. So yeah. welcome to so- society. <laughs> yeah. 2020 or right but like i said i'm not this came out through that you know no i understand that um you know but part of it is i guess what they're getting out of what baseball needs and you've been uh, i don't want to say outspoken but you've embraced the fact that you would love to see more african americans in baseball and i imagine that that's part of it that you are a star that's an african-american um that baseball needs is that that's a i don't want to say that's a burden but that's something that you you don't mind carrying that yeah i mean for me man it's it's really it's giving the kids an opportunity to play i think is the biggest thing to bring more african-americans in the game of baseball the opportunity needs to be there for the players Mm -hmm. so for example for me going to the urban youth academy and having that exposure when i was seven years old um, having professional coaching, Raphael for call coming to you know to the complex. Um, who else was there? Juan Pierre would would come teach uh, base running on some days because you know the the Dodgers and the Angels uh, created that complex. So mm-hmm. for those guys to be there and for me to see like, hey man, like I could do this. Like to be able to touch it, to see it with my own eyes, to know that it's real, and it's like, oh man, I'm just seeing these guys on TV. Like no way I can do this. But for those guys to be able to come to the to the uh, to the academy and to to kind of uplift us and show us like hey man you can do this too i think that's that's the biggest thing is, yeah. to, is to give hope and 
um, for kids to be exposed and to see how cool baseball really is, you know. And, you know, obviously it comes with, you know, yeah, it's cool. You can be famous. You can, you know, have all this attention and stuff. And, you know, you can take care of your family, you know, for the rest of your life and your family's family and um, generational, you know, wealth and, and, and all that good stuff. But really it's it's just making more of an impact in, in the world, you know, and, and being able to reach out and, um, you know, not just inspire kids on, on the baseball field, but also off the field and, you know, what they can do and bring to their community. So I think having – you know, having places like the Urban Youth Academies within inner cities and, um, you know, within anywhere and, and, you know, outside of even the U.S. and other countries, it's bringing um, that love for the game of baseball, that passion and, um, you know, and spreading it to the youth. Well, it's, you know, it's invaluable. Like you said, the players that came when you were at the Urban Youth Academy, now you spend time at Urban Youth Academies or you've already had a camp in Cincinnati recently. Uh, how did that go? Is that... Uh, you know how um, how well, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm watching these guys play soccer behind uh, us. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> Have you played? Yeah, we were. We're we were at the s- spring training complex, and they are literally playing soccer. Yeah, yeah, we we were doing that the other day. Yeah, <laughs> any good at just soccer? Different, you know, yeah. mix it up a little bit. Yeah, they're throwing rehab the can be a little uh, monotonous. So we well, not only that, up. but yeah. just every day of baseball. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. major league level, 162 games, and the spring training is so long. You got to break up. Yeah, got to make it fun. All right, uh, sure. how satisfying is it for you to like do? camps in Cincinnati or in Los Angeles or anywhere oh it's it's awesome I mean my uh so the last two years I've done it well three years I've done it no sorry yeah the last two years <laughs> I've done it in Los Angeles this past year I did it in uh in Cincy um, I'll most likely do it this year in Cincinnati again um it's it's been great I mean for me to like I said be able to give back and mm-hmm. to once be that kid at the academy um is is very special you know to look around and see kids at my camp now and to know that I was a kid at, you know, at someone else's camp at the Urban Youth Academy is, is really cool. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the Reds Urban Youth Academy is, has done a great job and they know exactly what they're doing over there. They've run hundreds of camps and, right. um, you know, they, they're great, you know, with Charlie uh, spearheading, you know, the, the whole camp and uh, making sure that it runs smoothly has um, been awesome. And, you know, I've been able to see Charlie out here um, and, you know, obviously we have a great relationship, but. He's been he's been great. He he made the uh, the camp real smooth and and work out great. And yeah. it was uh, it was a two day camp. Um, I always do an educational piece with my camp. Uh, my mom is a, is an educator, so the last two years we've um, we've done like leadership camps, leadership trainings on how to become a better leader on and off the field. Um, but this year we changed it up a little bit, and I actually took the kids to the National Underground Railroad Museum um, in Cincy. And uh, that was special for the kids to be able to, to understand that history and um, for us, for, the, for them to just really understand that, you know, obviously we don't want to repeat that history. And, right. you know, it's, it's a very rich history well, you, in Cincinnati. Learn and, from it. People are trying to, like, wipe it out now and not even acknowledge that th- certain things happen. It's like, hey, man, it, it happened. We, we yeah. learned from it. Well, uh, it's, thank it's, God we're not going, you know, we've yeah, changed as a it's, society. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's we- not weird, but. You know, there's always, you know, movies coming out about slavery, about a whole bunch of, you know, of, of the history that we've had and, um, you know, and, and putting down the African-American culture. But, you know, it's like, OK, we want to continue to make sure that we don't um, relive that history and go through it again. But, Absolutely. you know what I mean? So, like, 
there's movies that come out, shows that come out about it. So it makes us not forget, but it's almost like we should be moving on at the same time. It's yeah. you know what I mean. It's so I think that balance is you know is interesting. As long but as you're taking two steps forward and yeah, only one back. But the the biggest thing that I that I preached at my camp, especially this year, was being inclusive. I think you know I know this for a fact. Everybody has a value in something. They're they're good at something. They can bring something to the table. So to yeah. create a atmosphere and environment that people feel welcomed, appreciated, valued, I think everyone will thrive that yeah. much more. You know, when people feel like, oh man, you know this this person actually cares about what I can bring to the table. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what what can I bring? Like, this person actually cares about who I am as a person and how I can help this company, this ball club, yeah. whatever it is. I think that's that's the environment that we should all be trying to go for. And, you know, and, and there's environments like this in baseball. Everyone's fighting for a job. So, you know, you have guys that are, you know, trying to trying to mess with other guys so they don't you know so they right. feel a certain way so they can't perform at their at their highest potential so yeah there's environments like that but you know once you know you get to the big leagues and now obviously i haven't i haven't gotten there so i don't know quite what that what that clubhouse environment is like and uh, but i like to think that you know everyone's uplifting and you yeah. know everyone's trying to win a world series so right. to create a, a good clubhouse environment and for guys to feel appreciated and valued um, as they go through the as they go through their season is you know that's that's the environment you want to have. Well, I'm so, so glad to hear that you have the educational portion of the camp because when people ask me about the Urban Youth Academy and I'm on the the board of the Urban Youth Academy, um, which the Reds Community Fund, I should say, um, and you know I take a lot of pride in in you know being very a very small portion of, you know of involvement with Charlie Frank and his staff, but. The most important thing, I think, is the educational portion of the camp. Sure, it's baseball, but you can use sports as a metaphor for life. I mean, that, yes. I tell that to people all the time. And I was a, a kid that was in trouble. I, I was going the wrong way. And if it wasn't for sports and the mentors that I had as far as coaches go um, and teaching me the right way to do things, I'm not sure I'd be sitting here, quite honestly. Uh, and I've said this before. Um, so just even giving the kids something to do after school, right. you know, instead of going off and doing bad things, giving them direction and discipline. And, um, I, I just, it's refreshing to hear that you, you're into the educational portion. Does that come from mom? What exactly does she do? Yeah. Oh man. She has a, her job. So she's an educational consultant. I feel mm -hmm. like she has a bunch of titles. You could you know, go on and on, really? but her work is amazing. I mean, I, I went with her to China for a trip and, you know, she's kind of, uh, she's not on the board of education, but she's, uh, she, when she went out to China, she was really trying to remold and, and bring more, um, I don't want to say new teachings, but she was really trying to remold and, and, um, kind of open the the curriculum and the education in China to kind of give them more of an open mind and, and just, I think, give little things here and there like, hey, this is kind of what we do in the States and, and this is what I see with educational development and, and with kids that, you know, might have a disability mm -hmm. um, or the best ways that they can learn um, and, and to kind of cater to kids with disabilities and, and how they can learn at their best potential by, you know, maybe certain strategies, you have to approach them at this angle, this different way. Mm -hmm. So, so that, so it's, it's amazing. I mean, she's worked at multiple universities and, 
Um, so she she's amazing. She's she's great to watch, and obviously she's an amazing speaker. And um, I think she's helped me with that a lot, especially going through through school. And I went to a charter school for middle for middle school, and it's very uh, PLL based, so presentation of learning. So mm-hmm. I learned how to. Um, speak pretty well and and do public speaking so that's that's helped a lot and my mom would help me with you know some of the projects that i had (laughs) um and kind of guide me and and help me with my my presentation so um she's helped a lot you know with with my public speaking and and being comfortable with you know leading my camps so well it sounds like uh both your parents very influential Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean as much as any set of parents could be in your life yeah, hundred percent. I mean, my dad, and <laughs> he's always been more on the baseball side and making sure that you know I, I stay in a straight line and keep the train on the tracks and make sure I stay focused. So he's helped me with that, and um, you know, always challenging me, challenging me to think in the future and and how I can get better each day and not being satisfied with where I am. Yeah, were they uh, protective of you because you grew up in L.A. and there's a lot of bad things to get into in L.A. A lot of great things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, a- there's a lot of distractions. You know, you, there's a lot of different places and parties every weekend. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in L.A. But, um, you know, it wasn't a thing where uh, I wasn't willing to listen. Like, yeah. it, you know, I was I was I think I've always been a great listener um, and I've always I've always wanted to play baseball and, and be successful at it. So I understood at a young age, like, Hey, I, I can't do all the things I want to do or that my friends are doing because that's, I'm not going to be able to get to where I want to be. Right. And you know, you, you obviously you grow up and you go through, you th- go through high school and you see how kids, you know, start to get derailed and go off and, um, you know, get distracted and, you know, and, and then you see where they end up and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's why my parents don't want me to go out and do this. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I still went out and, you know, went out to, you know, we'd have baseball parties or something or do whatever with some of my friends. But um, I've always had a pretty tight and small circle. And, you know, I've always kept people in my corner that I believe that, you know, love me, believe in me and want me to do well. So and challenge me. Um, so having that environment and those people around to keep me you know, straight and it's, it's worked out so far. If you could, um, have complete and total influence and we'll we use the artist uh, example here. If you could just paint a broad brush of getting not only African-American kids involved in baseball, mm-hmm. but just kids in general. Yes. What what would you do? Oh man. Like the picture, like what would I paint or no, what, no, what just you... if you were able to just control the, Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Maybe that was a bad example. Um, no, no, symbolism. Like, yeah, I, I got you. Um, continue to build the, the Urban Youth Academies, you know, throughout the country and overseas and creating that environment for kids to come and for it to be easy um, and accessible for them to come and just, you know, come after class and yeah. like like we were talking about with school and for them to feel welcomed. And I think the best thing for me going through the academy was, you know, obviously kids at a young age, like getting all the free gear and, and stuff like that was always the best feeling. So for me, I always felt valued there. Everyone loves the gear. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's, I even it's love the, the gear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes you feel good, but um, yeah, that was for me. I always felt like, man, I, I'm special here. Like I, I feel I, I belong here. I feel valued. And, um, that was always a good feeling. I know other guys at the academies felt that way. So uh, to create environments like that for the kids and for them to see that coaching and to be able to see it with their own eyes and touch it and, and understand that they could be there 
uh, in real time and I think is extremely important. So I'd, I'd continue to, to build the academies and create those, um, those welcoming environments. Do you have a plan for after baseball? I mean, you're, you just really haven't even started yet, and you're still mm-hmm. so young. Um, but you seem to be a deep thinker. So have you thought beyond baseball yet? I've always wanted to do broadcasting. I've always, really? yeah, I, I used to broadcast. Like, <laughs> it's funny. I'd play, uh, it wasn't little league. It was, I think pony or, you know, you have like pony Bronco yeah. and Mustang or whatever. But, uh, I would, I would announce the games after like I'd play a game. And then after that I'd announce it or I'd have an off day or nice. really wouldn't play and I'd announce another game. So, I've always liked to do it. I, I took a broad, uh, broadcasting class at the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've always liked it. And, you know, I think the longer career I have and the more experiences I have and I learn, I, it'll be that much easier. It'll be a, yeah. a smooth transition into broadcasting and I'll have more knowledge and more of a background of, you know, games and people's perspectives, players' perspectives, managers, coaches, yeah. all that stuff. So. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, if I were to give you any advice, it would be don't wait till your playing days are over. Dabble in it while you're while playing. Okay. If you get yeah. to the big leagues and it's the off season, go do a three or four day stint at MLB Network. Mm-hmm. They would love, you know, yeah. places like that would love to have you talk. And the guys wait till the end of their career, and then all of a sudden it's a little bit tougher. Okay, whereas yeah. if you've got your feet wet along the way, sure, and it's easy to slide yeah. in there because you've already been there and done that. If I was going to give you any yeah, advice, no, I, I appreciate would it. you would do it even just little portions yeah, along the way. Yeah. As we've started here on ride this podcast. Ride the wave a little bit. <laughs> yeah, ride the wave. This podcast is just a very small wave. But. How, have you, how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, we or? started it last year, about a year okay. ago this time. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty well received. Yeah. Uh, we've had some good guests. Podcasts are, are huge now. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were just picking it up that, you know, yeah. they didn't know that they existed. And, um, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for years. And yeah. I, I was a radio junkie. I used to listen to sports talk radio all the time. But now that you can listen on demand, there's so many podcasts, yeah. some good, some bad. Um, but, yeah, you listen on your own time, you know, when you don't have to, if it's a live show, if you miss it, you know, you miss it. Uh, but on podcasts, it's kind of there and it lives forever so if i'm making long trips i'll throw a podcast on which ones yeah. really excuse me um joe rogan joe rogan's got i a listen to rogan podcast. all the time he's funny but he has some great i mean he has a make, yeah, really yeah good i saw mind. it's it's an older uh, podcast but with elon musk and talking about yeah. you know spacex and hopefully he can figure out these these tunnels in la and help with the traffic flow oh because <laughs> it's awful be down there huge. it's terrible <laughs> so yeah i mean all we can do is go i don't know go how down you can, we can only go under there man yeah it's, i love uh, la but man the traffic yeah yeah, I know it's it's tough. I mean, it's beautiful there. Being in China though, man, that's that's a whole different type of traffic. I mean, they yeah, holy cow, that that's the population there is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, where were you in China? Was there a lot of small? I've never been there, but the pictures I see and the people that I've yeah, talked to that have been there, like man, the smog is unbelievable. You yeah. think LA is bad? Oh, my Taiwan goodness. was actually worse. I went to Taiwan a couple of years ago. That was pretty bad. Everyone was wearing masks there. Everyone. Yeah. See, but, that's uh, just not good. That's just terrible. Yeah. I mm. mean, LA's got their... Yeah. yeah. LA's got that, too, but it's not as bad. You can actually see it in China. Like, it could be clear right here, and you can see all the... You can see how dark it gets. Oh, yeah. That's but, so unhealthy. That's just... Like, I know. Yeah. But uh, oh. it, it was cool. I was in Beijing for a week, and then went to Shanghai for a week, and you know, got to go to Temple of Heaven, Great Wall, 
it was pretty cool. Wow, very nice. Yeah, it was all a right. Experience. I, I'm sitting here uh, looking at this picture of you in high school on Sports Illustrated, and I look at you now. You are a big totally dude, man. I mean, <laughs> in this good way. Uh, I mean, what, what are you going at right now? Right now, six I'm four, like two, six. I'm like six four and a half, six five, six five with cleats on. I, so I, we'll, I thought we'll, we'll I'm put, like we'll do six five. I'm like I swear, since the last We're time I saw baseball. him, he grew taller. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. you're like uh, almost six five. What are we? What's yeah. the weight at? Uh, I'm like two twenty. I actually weighed in yesterday because we do our weigh-ins and stuff. I'm two twenty nine. Yeah, because they're we they're, can round down. It was like two twenty nine point two, so we're gonna round down. Not say two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a but, time uh, that went by where someone like, hey, is that Hunter Green over there? I'm like, oh no, that dude's too big. I'm like, <laughs> oh man. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, that geez. is Hunter Green. No, uh, it's good boy you. though. Yeah, no, you're, you. you know, you want to rehab every day. It's working out. So if you don't get bigger, if you don't, if your body doesn't get better i mean that's you're just going through the motions you're not yeah really rehabbing the right way i mean yeah we work out every day we condition we i mean nutrition's got to be right for sure but there's no excuse not to for me it's like i got to be in the best shape of my life especially like coming back from rehab and the surgery i i need to be i need to feel as best as i can feel i i need to be ready to go well yeah no people people get a little extra incentive when you're on the mound it's kind of like what we talked about when they have a perception of you one perception would be like i'm gonna get a hit off hunter green yeah this dude's got all the hype behind him and 100 it will be locked in i mean you've got to bring that extra mile yeah and not not just that but like but it's also (laughs) guys expecting first pitch fastball and they hit it that's what that's what I've always gotten kind of screwed on as everyone's sitting fastball. Oh yeah, man. And if you, and, and if bre- you connect with my fastball, I mean, it's, it's good. The faster the it is, the further does, it's going to go. Yeah, so. The velo does the work. It doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does sometimes. But like, if you can get a get ahead, yeah. off but exactly, speed get pitch. ahead, move the feet, change oh, eye yeah. levels. Like then we start really pitching, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I've been learning that throughout this process and, you know, humbling myself and, and learning, like I said, being a fly on the wall and, listening as much as I can and watching these big league guys and the work that they put in and what they think about. Right. You know, so. Are you a, a believer? Justin no, Bieber? I'm not a believer. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was, I'll tell you that. Really? Holy cow. She was, oh, my God. She loved him. Yeah, the posters and everything in her oh, room. Oh, really? Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> that was a big phase she went through. So you were never, even though was it was his dad's a client? I was never a believer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't hating, but I wasn't like I'm not about to get a bunch of posters in my place. And like, was there yeah. any? People were getting like his little hair and his, <laughs> yeah. the the bangs or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah. oh you guys are you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> Is there much. anyone that you met, not necessarily a client of your dad's, but anyone that you met that you're like, wow, I was pretty starstruck right there. Other than Joey, <laughs> uh, come on, you were more starstruck <laughs> with Joey than you were Bieber. Yeah, but I met I met him when he was like. 14, oh, that was actually like the biggest part of his. Career. I was gonna say when he was younger, yeah, yeah, was, but it, I don't know. It was different. Like he just, I think meeting him. I mean, I was he's a little older than me, but we were pretty much like kind of the same. I think he's what is he like twenty two or twenty? I have no idea, like and I'm that. glad I don't know this. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're like yeah, he's twenty one, <laughs> like right away. Yeah. No, but I think you know, like guys that are older, and you know, they're looking up to them and seeing like how great they just not messing up you know what i mean not saying something stupid or like it's just it's just that feeling like meeting justin was justin bieber was like okay you're the same age as me like you're just a singer like you know what I mean? you're just a singer it I wasn't love it well that's that was my mind like that's what i was thinking i would like I you to go on him. stage and in, intro him like yeah that. and i'm not he's just a singer yeah I was all like, you girls right, stop screaming right. <laughs> it was also a pretty like 
it was a pretty private environment. So it wasn't like oh, okay. a bunch of people were watching me like greet him and meet him. So it wasn't All like right. I was getting that outside pressure. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It was a, it was a chill environment. But, wow. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait <laughs> to believer, tell Votto oh that a believer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. That's as far as my knowledge goes. I know that the term believer, um, but I can't I wait. That's still a thing though. I think he's kind of, yeah, I don't think it is. He's all. He came out with the. He he's a, all tatted up now. Well, he did a really and, good interview. Um, he got. Like, I think he broke down a little bit talking about. I don't know if you know who Billie Eilish is. She's like a really yeah. good singer, mm-hmm. but um, won all the awards like, recently. Yeah. yeah, I think the in Grammys, Brit, the Brit Awards. I mean, too. Oh, she swept all yeah. the awards. Yeah, but um, he was like breaking down and crying. It was like I really don't want her to go through what I went through because yeah. he went through so, so much fame and so much stardom oh, yeah. and. At such yeah, a young a of, age, so fast, a lot so of much child money. stars get broken by it. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot that survive and, and make it and are right mentally. You know, well, you've had a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it varies. <laughs> on a very, I know, a very small level compared. But, yeah, but hey, man, there's been you know, hype uh, the the young high school phenom or young phenom that just never becomes a phenom. It's yeah, a lot. It, well, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, and that's I remind I know that and well, every day because I mean, there's you, nothing you haven't made it yet. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. I mean, people. Yeah. I mean, baseball is different, you know, compared to basketball and football. But you know, going through the minor leagues is nothing's guaranteed. Right. Nothing at all. No matter how much work you put on or put in, and nothing. So yeah. just I, continuing to push and keep a positive mindset. I mean, yeah. Control the controllables. That's great. I uh, I can't wait to tell Votto that he, you were more starstruck over him than Justin Bieber. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> I he plays baseball. Like That's what I want to do. So. I know, but. I don't want to sing. I was like looking at him. He's like, not right, going to believe me. <laughs> he's, he's Seriously, he's oh, not going to believe me. That's funny. <laughs> uh, like, he's not a believer. But I'm he's a. Uh, let's make up a term. I was just Votto. thinking about that. I was like, ah, I don't think there's. What's, is there a term for Votto? Votto medic. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's been used oh, many times. Man. Yes. He's, he's a automatic. Nice. That's your radio voice right there. Yeah. There you go. Can you do like a, uh, what is it, 94.7 The Wave? Or it's like, well, that's the R station in LA. Like, oh, yeah. Like a jazz. FM DJ guy? It'll be like 94.7 The Wave. We'll be back with 12 in a row. Commercial free. Right nice. After this. That was pretty good. Or like smoother, like deep, like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you get like the, is that a jazz station you said? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 94.7 The Wave. Nice. We'll be back with 12 in a row commercial free right after this. Oh, you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh my gosh. Good stuff. Oh, so you listen to jazz? Uh, a little bit. A little bit? Not not too much. I couldn't name like any uh jazz bands or or artists, but what do you listen you know, to I right can't. now? What's queued up right now? If you got in your car, you you know what I'm. I've been more on an R and B uh, vibe for the longest time. Really? Like, like, yeah, like like playing playing anything that's like intense or hardcore. It's just like I'm too mellow. You know, yeah. leading into a game. What kind is of R and B? Because you're in my wheelhouse now. R and B. I mean, my my pops like grew me up on like D'Angelo, Maxwell, nice. Stevie Wonder, like old timers nice. a little bit. Um, Earth, One, and Fire. But oh, is Earth, One, and Earth, Fire One, really R&B, though? Or that's more like... No, they would be in the R&B like category. Yeah, but they would R&B. be in the R&B category. Yeah, because they I got mean, some slow jams. But Oh. Yeah, I mean... Earth, R- Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Love Earth, Wind, and But the, the R&B now is, is good, too. You know, it's a yeah. good mix. and But yeah, I'm listening to more like... Brent Fias is a great 
R&B uh, artists, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good artists out there, but I'm more in just like a chill mode, like leaving the field for the rest of the day. Like I just want to chill. I don't, yeah. yeah, I'm not playing any hardcore rock, hip hop. I'll throw some, some hip hop on, but nothing crazy. Gotcha. More R&B. Yeah. Very nice. I love it. Well, you are uh, well beyond your years. Oh, you. I will tell you that. I know you've heard that a lot um, growing up. And uh, please don't go changing because I think you have the opportunity to um, inspire a lot of people, whether it be African-American kids, anyone of any background or walks of life. Um, it's refreshing. I think people out the feedback we'll get from this podcast. Wow. It's very refreshing. That is a very oh, intelligent you. young man. So, uh, don't go changing. And no, I don't plan uh, on <laughs> if you do become a believer, please <laughs> let, let me know. know. So I, I give my put little, that uh, my bank, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know like exactly. Flip it and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was his thing though. He got paid <laughs> off of that. Just flipping the hair. Oh yeah. Probably got some shampoo endorsements and. Oh yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. well, he's one of those guys that probably gets paid to tweet. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. which is not fair at all. I that's, mean, that's I know that's pretty crazy. Huh? <laughs> like I depreciate the value of Twitter when I send out a tweet. <laughs> oh, all right, where can fans follow you on social media? Uh, Instagram is the real Hunter Green with the E at the end, and uh, Twitter. Man, I haven't used Twitter in a while. Hunter Green seventeen. Number 17. So you're mostly on the gram, as the kids say. Mostly on the gram. Yeah. Instagram is just easier to to kind of, you know, operate and to post. It's quicker. And it's not as vicious, although people are getting now some of the Twitter people, the, yeah. the keyboard cowboys, as I call them, yeah. uh, are kind of going over to Instagram so you can kind of get some negative stuff going there. Yeah, not as much as Twitter. That'll be for, forever. Even Facebook. Yeah. I mean, people can just say whatever they want now. And oh, Facebook drives me crazy. Don't get me going on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook. And yeah. Are you on Facebook? I am, but it's it. unfortunately, I should have just started a public page. I just uh, started like a one that I should have just kept to friends. But it's like however many friends you can have on there, I've maxed out. Yeah. But it's people <laughs> that I don't know. Yeah. It's just so I should have made a public page and I never did. <laughs> I, 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 I don't do much. On I got a LinkedIn. I just got a LinkedIn. Yeah. Man, I mainly a, will, will just follow along with other people in my past that I grew up with. I got that you, yeah. They'll post stuff. So, right. I'm, so, but I'm not a big fan of Facebook whatsoever. <laughs> I know so it's good sorry. for ads. Like if you have a, if you have a, a company or you're trying to advertise a new business yeah. or, a new idea you have, I think, I think yeah. Facebook is actually the best. That's what I've heard. Yeah. As the most outreach, really. And well, they're, and Twitter, too. they're Twitter limiting and what the amount of people Unless that see changed. stuff now. Um, yeah, maybe it's changed. Or something. Yeah, they are limiting what the amount of people and the amount of things on your feed, and it's yeah. really causing yeah. uproar. I, maybe they've changed that recently. I don't know, but yeah. um, you're not reaching the amount of people that you think you are. Yeah. Which, that's the other thing is like social media like posts and stuff i talked to guys before it's like you know i like fashion i like i like that stuff so like posting try not to post super flashy stuff but i like fashion i like nice things like you know what i mean and posting that yeah. and people building assumptions before like meeting me i'm like yeah i might post some stuff that's like cool but don't think that i'm some like yeah big league like big league show stuck guy. up guy yeah, because dude, like, i have a nice pair of shoes on. yeah exactly so it's like that stuff that's like petty like whack oh, yeah it's like it's just come no. on guys like society is petty right? you know that's Social yeah media. so like reminding myself not to do that to other people too mean like not 
judging people on their own merit, you know, kind of yeah. not building speculations and assumptions about people before meeting them. Wow. You know? Well, see, therein lies another thing with Votto because that dude can dress, man. I mean, oh, yeah. the other teammates are like, wow, what's Votto got on today? It's like this little inner competition. Yeah. A few, few guys. And even, even his chilling clothes, like he, uh, a couple weeks or a week ago when he got here, or two weeks ago or something, he was just chilling, but. He had a fit on. I was fashionably like, right, chilling. <laughs> fashionably chilling. <laughs> it was nice. I was like, oh man. Oh no. He's some good stuff. He's yeah. like getting on the plane. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him wear the same thing twice. He yeah. has to have like a closet that is as large as just rotates people's like house. <laughs> yes. It's like one like, of those. Nah, you go, into the, dry, already. You can't you go into the dry cleaner and they got that machine where the clothes just go. Yeah. He's probably got that like. <laughs> It's funny. like on a two-year loop. Yeah. I'm not going to wear this for two years. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but man. if you make it to the bigs while he's still in That'd the game, great. then, yeah, you guys getting on the – if you're into fashion and he is, it'll be like this little competition. I saw Dietrich took a Bauer out to get some clothes too. This Is that the funniest thing ever? Yeah, that was a pretty They're funny, like yeah. They get on Bauer. Like Bauer's a well-rounded guy, but not necessarily dressing. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a lot of conservative ball players, and especially baseball. Yeah. Baseball is more conservative than any other sport, I think. Maybe yeah. like hockey, I don't. Maybe, but like yeah. soccer, football, basketball, like guys are flashy. They're doing their oh, thing, and, and that's why marketing is so much better. And yeah. and those other sports. How about the NFL? Baseball. They like the the biggest shots of the day are the guys walking into the stadium. Yeah, and you know, guys, guys know <laughs> what, he's dressed for work. Yeah, guys know what they do on the field. They want to see like their off the field stuff, you know. Yeah. So. To see guys in their everyday life and what they do and, you know, what their interests are, that's that's what people want to see. I mean, yeah, it's cool to see guys, you know, perform on the field and win, yeah. win, win titles and, you know, get awards and stuff. But, you know, it's cool to also see, like, okay, I'm, I'm an OBJ fan, but, like, what else? Like, I want to know some other things about OBJ and to see, yeah. you know, kind of what Absolutely. he does and other guys too, so – yeah, Dietrich taking Bauer to get close was great. That was a funny clip. Had, had him on with a hat and stuff. Yeah, and he, was, he was looking. <laughs> Where were good. they for that? Were they in New York or? Uh, I don't know. Chicago it might have been Miami. See, Dietrich takes guys in Miami. That's where he used to play, and yeah. he, he spends his off seasons now. Um, he's got a guy down there named Frankie Diamonds. So uh, he right. took like Sinzel to Frankie Diamonds to get some gold swag. Oh, uh, some jewelry, so. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. You if you don't want to spend money, don't don't <laughs> go, go to, to don't go to Frankie Diamonds with Dietrich. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> cool. All right, man. I, I've kept you long enough. I appreciate uh, yeah, it. Yeah, of uh, course. Great conversation. Hope you'll come back sometime. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot to dive into with you, and I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. He's a non-believer, non-believer. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He is Christian Hunter Green. Hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Again, check him out on the gram. Check me out on Instagram at Jim Day TV. I'm on Twitter as well at Jim Day TV. Until the next time here on the Jim Day podcast, we will see you on down the road, everyone. <laughs>